Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode 2 of Dark Talks by Death with your host, Christian Coffin. Today is November 4th, 2018. Fighting for free humanity. The Truth Radio brought to you by EternalAffairsMedia.com. Welcome to Dark Docs Digest Episode 2. I am your host, Christian Coffins. Today we are going to be discussing in great detail some really interesting aspects of this MAGA bomber saga. These aspects of the story, all mainstream media outlets that I have seen, are ignoring very blatant, obvious aspects of this story that really paints a picture of government corruption using the media and having paid crisis actors with scripts that don't even make sense. Here at DarkDocs.com, we have become huge fans of the No Agenda show. They're in their 11th year. Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak have been bringing us deconstructions of these types of events and I'm going to go ahead and share a portion of their episode on this. No one else that I have seen has been talking about this and to me this is a smoking gun on this whole incident being totally false that there is a lot going on behind the scenes that we aren't being told on this issue. The interview you are about to hear is from CNN, where they claim to be talking to a woman who claims to be his boss at this restaurant where he was running food, and nothing she says makes any sense. I was shocked. I I couldn't believe that my hair stood up. Um, I I knew he had issues. Um, He really was not... um, he really wasn't, uh, what, spit it out already. If you actually had this experience and it was so amazing, you'd think you'd be a little bit more collected in your thoughts. He, he definitely beat to the beat of his own drum. He was um, anti-gay, anti-black, anti-Jewish, you name it. Everybody um, that really wasn't white and wasn't a white supremacist didn't belong in the world. That's what he used to say to me all the time. But I really was shell-shocked when I found out it was him. If I had an employee like this that had all those kind of views and they did something like this, I 
wouldn't be surprised at all. In fact, they wouldn't even hire him. Because as far as an employee, he was on time, he was cordial, he was articulate. I never had any problems with him. Um, there was no theft. Uh, my customers liked him. Uh, but it was just his political views that scared me. Um, uh, basically, um, he was a, a model employee. A model employee, she says. Someone who wants all these people dead is a model employee. What dimension? It, it, this is this level of cognitive dissonance is unbelievable. He was a, a model employee. That's what I, I can't understand. I'm, I'm sitting here saying to myself, what happened? Does she keep saying a model employee? Even though he hated Jews, blacks, anti-gay, and now she's going to come out and say that she's a lesbian, but still, she was a good guy. Deborah, it almost sounds like two different people. I mean, you're talking about an employee who shows up on time, who was, as you said, cordial, but he had issues. I mean, and when you talk about the things that he's spouting, clearly he had issues. Was he violent? Not at all. There was no violence at all. I mean, he made it a point. He knew I was a lesbian and a very proud lesbian, and he made it a point to tell By the way, I never heard. I didn't catch that. These clips are pretty new for me, too. She says here, I was a lesbian and a very proud lesbian. That's very strange for someone who's gay to say it that way. I was a lesbian and a very proud lesbian, and he made it a point to tell me that. Yes, yeah, so you know, hold God, on a second. I, I've never heard any of my gay friends say that. That is the way you would that. say it if it was scripted. <laughs> you think? This is why we listen to this show. This is why we support No Agenda, because that is how they think, and that is how it is. When you hear things like this, I, I was a lesbian, people don't talk that way. Uh, oh, she, she used to be a lesbian, now she's not. A week ago? No, I doubt it. I'm sure she either still is a lesbian or she never was, and this is a script and, and how you read it. Uh, this is a very important tell. A very proud lesbian, and he made it a point to tell me that, you know, God had made a mistake with me and that I should burn in hell. And but yet, a great, a great friend, great, a great fellow worker, great, great employee. Burn in hell, bitch! And along with my other best black <laughs> friends, your absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But um, I, I'm, my mother brought me up to always, you know, believe the best in people, you know, and turn the other cheek. And I've had people not like me because I've been gay. And to me, I didn't have to go home with him. He was not a friend of mine. I just hired him. He did his job. All right, so this guy's job description was literally to take the food from the restaurant, bring it to people who ordered it, delivery to their house or office or wherever they're getting their food. So you would imagine that their job description would be to have clean transportation, in a presentable vehicle. The van was frightening. I wanted to ask um, you about the, the van because clan. there has been so much attention on his van today. Did he bring that very same van with those very same stickers to work? Absolutely he did and that's why I hired him to drive at night. What restaurant would hire somebody only to drive and deliver their food at night when no one could see their vehicle? It seems like this company is bending over backwards for this guy, a, some delivery guy. Uh, it, none, of, none of this makes sense again. I couldn't have him driving in the daytime. I had him driving at night. Uh, he parked the van around the corner. I never got any complaints from any of the customers. If I did, he would have been fired. I can't, and, and, I, and this is what people seem not to understand, I can't fire somebody because of their political views. Uh, hold on a second. First of all, in Florida, yes, you can. 
uh, at will, as far as I know, in Florida. So, of course, you can fire somebody for anything. And uh, I think his political view is a little different than saying all lesbians should burn in hell. But okay, it's interpretation. Whether they don't like me or they don't like a black person or a gay person, I can't do that. I can't. Um, oh, as I much stop, as I'd stop, like stop, to, stop. I couldn't. Stop. Yeah, yeah. Stop. Yeah. Uh, just because it's passing through my brain as I'm listening to this the first time. And, and I'm going to stick with the scripted concept. Yep. This is scripted from a California source. Because? Because of what you just said. You can't fire people like that. Oh, of course. It's a social justice warrior. You, yes, just because you don't like gays. So in California, where this was scripted, <laughs> I'm just guessing, yes, yes. all those elements that you just decried as BS in Florida it's aren't fact. BS in California. Fact check false. Yeah. That's right, California. Okay. Well, I like it. And keep the script in mind. Remember the van, scary van, everything, criminal record. They don't like a black person or a gay person. I can't do that. I can't. Um, as much as I'd like to, I couldn't. But his van was freaky scary. Freaky um, scary. I actually was talking to my brother a few minutes ago, um, and I was telling him he was driving me home one night because it was raining. And when I got in the van, I, I just remember looking, is there any way I can get out? Because I said he really appreciated me as a general manager, liked me, but hated me as being a lesbian. Okay, so let's just review as we continue to go through. Uh, she has him as an employee. I think she's a general manager, doesn't own the place, but she can fire him. Uh, she, or maybe the boss, her boss said don't fire him. We don't know that. Uh, he was hired to deliver food in his van, which was freaky scary. Now, if you're going to have someone delivering food from your restaurant, you might consider the sanitary conditions of the van. So I always wanted to make sure, if he ever offered me a ride, that I could find a way out of that van. Deborah, that's actually what I wanted to ask you, uh, that you've been inside that van. Can, uh, can you describe what you saw inside? Um, the van had a lot of uh, McDonald's, Taco Bell boxes, uh, a lot of laundry. Hygienically, it was filthy. And that's why you let your food be delivered in that van? It was dirty. It was smelly. Uh, there was uh, beer bottles in there, vodka bottles in there. <laughs> um, but he always dressed impeccably. He oh, always magic. had on nice cologne. Oh. He always looked great. Um, if, if he was delivering my food to me, I'd say, hey, come on in. Now get ready for uh, Casey to lead the witness. He always played the part very well. Boom. That's probably the biggest tell we've gotten so far. We've had a bunch of them in the sound clip already, and they're still coming again. He always played the part very well. The truth always wants to come out, and... Boy, did it just come out now. He played the part very well, because that's what these people are doing on this elaborate stage. They are playing their roles. He was delivering my food to me. I'd say, hey, come on in. He always played the part very well, and maybe that's just it. He played the part real well. Was, he, do, was it your understanding he was living in the van at the time when he worked with you? No. He told me um, that his family, uh, they were from the Seminole tribe, and he had um, a home on the reservation here, and he also had a home in Plantation, and he was very proud that he just got accepted into driving like a half-match trucker. Okay, okay, stop. Now the bullshit is too thick. I know, I don't know much. I'm just a disc jockey. 
you cannot be certified as a hazmat trucker with a with a record. We have a lot of truckers in our audience. I want them to correct me if I'm wrong. He was very well, proud. Let's stop. Let's, let's stop uh, about. Let's stop there and reanalyze what she said. She said, he said, it doesn't mean that any of it was true. He may just be one of these guys who likes to bullshit about himself. It's true. The reason why I bring it up is because, you know, George Webb, he's kind of like this uh, intelligence guy. He, he really started with Seth Rich, and he does these short, like, five- to six-minute YouTube videos. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen him. I have. So he – now – he had a very interesting theory, which I just wanted to highlight in this regard. And his theory is that the U.S., in particular the CIA, is still running weapons for drugs. And that um, the Seminole – and the best way to – the best way to whitewash money, which kind of is an odd way takes us somewhere else, is through gambling. Gambling is the way you um, launder money. Because you know you just spend it in the casino and you know you you get you lose some so you're gonna maybe, and you break even even or you break even which by the way is exactly you know who does that sound like when you think about it if you're an arms dealer and you're in the casino with a lot of money you know okay so that would be um, the the Vegas shooter now this is a real eyebrow raising theory that I'm paying close attention to because I want to do a whole episode in the future about all of the strange discrepancies regarding the Paddock Vegas shooting as well. Anyway, Paddock. So the, in 2014, Paddock, exactly. In 2014, Florida gave the gaming license, all the gaming licenses to the Seminole Indians, and uh, which Trump also was, he tweeted about that back in 2014. Of course, he was interested in that, maybe for his own money laundering operation. I don't know. But what George Webb asserts is that... He thinks that the um, uh, the Seminole uh, community there, the, uh, the with the casinos, is a laundering operation for CIA money for guns, and they have and what they do is they get a whole bunch of ex-cons and criminals, and they kind of you know co-opt them, and these guys you know they're patsies, they'll do whatever they want because at least they're not in jail and they're usually not very intelligent. And Webb's assertion is that he thinks this guy uh, was was planted to do this. And that, that he's being held up as a patsy. So the whole yeah. seminal thing is very interesting. Now, personally, being from South Florida and growing up in the 80s during the whole Miami Vice, cocaine, cowboys, uh, dealing with drugs coming in through the port of Miami, it's rather convenient having the seminal casinos right there in Hollywood just half an hour, 45 minutes away from the port of Miami. You come in with all of your drugs. You want to go do a deal. Uh, you could go over to the casino and exchange things in a VIP room, and there you go. Yeah, especially as a supposed uh, white supremacist. Now, well, um, I, I have a couple more, like 26 okay, well, seconds. Know, I just would, I'm just going to say back to the script, mm -hmm. which it sounds more and more like. Uh, to confuse things, this woman, I'd like to look into her a little bit, but oh, yeah. we don't have time. No. Uh, it's Deborah Gurgian, G-U-R-E-G-H-I-A-N. Uh, yeah. I want to get to the leading to the witness part, but first a little bit more about what was, which she didn't mention before. Now, what was in the van? 
dirty laundry, a bunch of bottles of vodka and beer, and it was a mess. Now, if there was something really spooky and obvious, would you have forgotten to mention that, or would you, or, or would you have mentioned it first? If there was something really freaky, like a, a Gatling gun, let's say. Um, a home on the reservation here, and he also had a home in Plantation, and he was very proud that he just got accepted into driving like a hazmat a trucker, going to the different ports with biochemicals. Sure. Um, and this was, he was going to school in North Carolina, and he was very proud of that. I, I saw in the Washington Post you told their reporter that inside the van there were puppets with their heads cut off, and mannequins with their heads cut puppets off? Puppets with it. Mannequins and puppets and, and, and nooses. What? You mean to tell me that you were more disturbed in the first thing you thought of when you're recollecting your thoughts of the terrifying experience you had in this car and how can I get out of this car in case he wants to take me somewhere? Uh, you're more concerned about the Taco Bell packages and the McDonald's packages, not the nooses or... You know, but that was on his van also. There was Ku Klux Klan, there was Nazi symbols. Casey from CNN... She basically said, hey, <clears throat> you're forgetting the part about the nooses. It was in the Washington Post. Could you please mention that? Oh, yeah, that's right, Nazi. Yeah, KKK, uh, yeah, nooses. Yeah, and by the way, uh, you'll be a KKK guy and with all that stuff all over your van. Going in and out of the Seminole Reservation, I'm sure, is very, uh, very, everyone's amenable to that, sure. Last clip. Did he openly talk proudly about, did he call himself a white supremacist? Did he openly talk about it? See, this is leading the witness. Now, now Casey's job here in the last minute, is to tie the guy to Trump. That's her job, and she will try hard. Did he openly talk proudly about, did he call himself a white supremacist? Did he openly talk about it? Yes, he called himself a white supremacist, and he called himself uh, a, a Nazi supporter. And uh, did, uh, did he talk he loved about Hitler. I mean, if you look at his band. <laughs> he loved Hitler. <laughs> He's just grabbing for straws here. You see, you see uh, stickers of President Trump. Vice President Pence, did he talk about the president? He talked about uh, Obama and Hillary Clinton, that he, that he detested them. Oh, oh, wait a minute, wrong answer. And that I would be on that island that he blew up with them. Uh, t model employee. So those two, the only two, uh, and CNN, and CNN. Oh, and I forgot CNN, oh, gee, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And as a matter of fact, um, Rachel Maddow, I, I, I oh, love Rachel, Rachel Maddow, Mad and we talked about her, and she was one of the other lesbians that was going to go on the island with me. Well, now I'm starting to like the guy. Can you talk about where he got this from? I mean, did he talk about, because he's seen it, he was seen during, you know, 2016, and um, he's been at rallies. He's Leading the witness. Being at, at rallies for the president. Did he talk about <laughs> where his burning hate of <laughs> CNN came from? <laughs> was there any chance? But, you know, could it possibly be that maybe his burning hate, this vile hate he had inside of him for CNN came from somewhere? Or of anyone else? No, he just he just said that, that the people that he labeled were very weak and that he, would, that he wanted to purify society. So in order to do that, he would have to get rid of the gays and the lesbians and the transgenders and the blacks and the Jews and... Whoever else didn't follow his suit. Whoever else didn't follow his policy and political views. But otherwise, a great employee. We can't fire that guy. Oh, <laughs> just because me and Rachel are going to burn on the island of lesbians along with <laughs> Obama and Hillary? Great guy. I overlook nooses. It's okay.
Headless mannequins, eh. I was more concerned with the sanitary condition. Outstanding work as usual to Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak, really pointing out these key points about why this story doesn't make any sense. And I, I like where they're going with uh, the, the parallels to the Las Vegas shooter paddock. Uh, also note that his airplane or the airplane that was registered under his name was previously owned by the CIA and that goes hand in hand with this whole casino, drug running, arms dealing operation run by the CIA. So uh, a lot of stuff to think about in that regard. Um, and what we're going to be really looking into this next week is we're going to be spending a lot of time at darkdocs.com making thumbnails to all of these pieces of evidence. Also, we're really focusing on a lot of things revolving around pedophile grooming, pedophile normalization campaigns, especially through YouTube, through Comedy Central, and through Netflix. There is a lot of new programming and old programming that really flew under the radar. Um, we are going to be breaking down in the next issue, uh, the next episode of Dark Docs Digest, the whole big mouth situation at Netflix and how the school that the kids go to is owned and operated by the Church of Scientology, the really creepy coach and pretty much just a bunch of scenes of kids talking to their genitalia and uh, not kids, but teenagers. Or they're supposed to be like 11 or whatever in the show. And this is a show for adults. So now by proxy, if you watch this show, you are an adult or you're supposed to be an adult watching it. You're looking at cartoon depictions of prepubescent or pubescent teens um, talking to their genitals, dealing with sexual issues. And hey, I get it. Um, kids deal with all kinds of strange feelings and stuff. And uh, you could look at it, ah, you're thinking too much into it, that it is me relating to, you know, struggles I was dealing with when I was a kid or becoming a, an adult. Or you could look at it as why do you need to look at that? And clearly this is being marketed towards people of this age and being used as a tool. I could definitely see more liberal or progressive parents sitting down and watching this with their kids being like, this is a tutorial on the things you're going through. And it's a real mixed bag. And then you have the creators of Rick and Morty, first of all, the Rick and Morty pilot, if you haven't seen it, you need to go search Rick and Morty pilot. We're going to be doing uh, plugging it on, on Dark Doc to show that this whole thing was about pedophilia from the get-go, and they just kind of softened it up a little bit for it to be acceptable in the mainstream media. Uh, we're going to be talking about Silver, Sarah Silverman and Patton Oswalt's, uh the pedophilia skit on the... Sarah Silverman show on Comedy Central and the backlash that happened afterwards. Um, this is all tied to Pizzagate. This is all tied to human trafficking and the normalization, trying to lower the age of consent. So uh, thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Dark Docs Digest. Again, I'm your host, Christian Coffin. If you have any questions or you want to bring anything to our attention, 
please email info at darkdocs.com. That's I-N-F-O at D-A-R-K-D-O-X dot com. We're also on all the social medias until they deplatform us as well. Uh, and they have really been trying lately. We have had several community guidelines violations, and I was actually kicked off of Facebook for seven days because I shared a photo of a rabbi during a circumcision ritual. Uh, they call them moils. Uh, and he actually had his hands covered in blood with his lips on this child's genitalia. And I captioned it, no human being would do such a thing. Uh, this got me blocked within an hour. And the interesting thing was, it wasn't because of the content or me being against the content. It was because I specifically dehumanized a group of people saying no human being would do such a thing. So that ties into the whole uh, non-player char character, NPC non-playable character situation and all those memes. And we're going to be also doing an episode coming up about all that. Also, a lot of people were like, hey, you're saying this because you don't like the Jews. That's not true. I know a lot of Jews that wouldn't do such a thing either. There's, in fact, an organization called Jews Against Circumcision. So it's not anti-Semitic to be anti-Zionist, anti-New World Order. We have a lot of Jews, a lot of Christians, a lot of Muslims, a lot of anti-theists, a lot of atheists, a lot of agnostics, all part of the truth movement. And it's really important for us all to put aside our differences and remember that we all have one thing in common. We all care. We cannot have a cremation of care like they do at the Bohemian Grove. We need a resurrection of care for all of us to come together, wake others up, and fight tyranny.
Thank you for called the cremation of care that uh, begins the uh, the uh, two-week encampment where the body of dull care symbolizing woes and concerns is burned on an altar in front of a big owl statue when that ceremony ends they all start to cheer and yell <laughs> Transmission. 